Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast, a space where we share inspiring interviews and stories from thoughtful leaders in business, health and wellness, entrepreneurship and sports. Here we talk about tools, habits, routines and tactics they use that help them feel calm, revived and rebalanced whenever they face challenges in life. I'm your host, Nico Estrella, a serial entrepreneur, former professional soccer player and co-founder of WACU. Our guest today is a very good friend of Waku, who we met at Mass Challenge, who is an amazing entrepreneur. He is Ryan Gresh, the founder and CEO of the Feel Good Lab, a natural pain cream company that is giving the over-the-counter pain relief category a much-needed makeover with their all-natural plant-based formulations based on decades of clinical experience. Ryan is a relentless problem solver with a passion for high-growth business with a social impact. That is what you get when you combine a degreed mechanical engineer with executive-level business experience and a family history of functional medicine and compounding pharmacy. The Feel Good Lab is the culmination of that passion. In today's episode, we talk about the importance of mentors, functional natural medicine, and how to cultivate the right mindset to be able to see the silver lining in the middle of challenging situations. I learned a lot in today's conversation, so I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast. I have with me today one of my very good friends, Ryan Gresh from the Feel Good Lab. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, Nico. Great to be here. I, I love that this is episode number two as well. Yeah, Getting yeah. early. Episode number two. We are we are excited, and I am excited for for our conversation today. Um, I thought I wanted to start first with having a little bit more background uh, from like I, I know that you went to University of Connecticut and you did a mechanical engineer. Uh, yep. You, you studied that, right? I, I was thinking, and I think. For me, it seems not a very natural transition from being a mechanical engineer to becoming an entrepreneur. So I just wanted to ask you, like, how was that? Uh, how was that transition, and why? Why did you? Be, what made you become an entrepreneur? Totally. I think I look back on it now, and I'm 34, and I'm like, well, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I had no idea how the journey would end up bringing me here because I did spend about a decade as an engineer in the aerospace industry after college. So it took me a long time to figure it out. And honestly, it was more of an opportunity. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit how the Feel Good Lab came about. But for me, honestly, I became an engineer because I was really good at Legos and math. So it was like the weirdest thing, right? I didn't really know that it was a huge decision in my life when I was a senior in college going to the guidance counselor. And she's like, you're really good at math and awful at English, by the way, which are typical characteristics of engineers. And I'm like, oh, cool. I would like to go build things, learn how to build things. That was just really appealing to me. I applied to one school, the University of Connecticut. You know, it was one of those things. And I barely even got in. It's not like I was a straight A student. So in hindsight, Engineering was one of the best things I ever did for myself for a couple of reasons. It's a degree, I think, that, you know, it's pretty challenging. It's really challenging, but it teaches you problem solving. It doesn't just teach you how to go through different equations. It's more of a way to think about things. And it, to me, it's the ultimate entrepreneurial mindset because, right, it's like we're dealing with problems all day, every day. Well, they're just really things that we will find solutions for. <laughs> yeah. They're not really problems. And we just, and that's the engineering mindset. And so I thought I was going to school to do things like design helicopters, 
in jet engines, like I had these big aspirations. And my first job, I'll never forget, it was at Sikorsky Aircraft. So it was at a place that makes helicopters. It was like a dream job. But I'm thinking I'm in the airframe design program, right? And I'm ready to go design my helicopter. And I literally had to work on a bolt on the helicopter for like seven months. And and even before that, it's like onboarding. And some of the stuff I was working on were hand-drawn on mylar paper. It was unbelievable. So I'm like erasing. I was... It was one of the funniest things of all time because my expectation was I've made it. It's time to go design helicopters. And the reality of what it was like to be an engineer, I'm like, oh my God, this is not me at all. That so is, That is super cool. Yeah. And that doesn't really answer your question, but it kind of tells you a little bit about like how naive I was back then. And the reality is that's what led to my decision. It was kind of just like, oh, okay. My talents mix, mixed with what the guidance counselor told me would be a well-paid job yeah, after and college. And it's crazy that you stayed. I didn't know that you were working for 10 years in, in that yeah. industry. But the key part is there. I didn't stay in that role for very long. And I quickly opened up my own business. I learned that I wasn't a typical engineer. I like to get out and talk to people too much and be kind of on the customer side and really like the sales and marketing side. So I started my own company where I interfaced with companies like Sikorsky and Pratt Whitney. And I worked for the suppliers to help solve the problems and go find suppliers that could make the parts. Um, and that was awesome. And that was really great. I had a mentor there. His name was Rick Post. Amazing guy. He changed my life and really taught me what it was like to kind of own your own business, own your own, you know, profit and loss. Um, and then is when the opportunity for the Feel Good Lab came, came about. And so I was at home at dinner one day, this is about six years ago, and my dad, who is a pharmacist and somebody I've, I've always looked up to, but when I grew up, he worked so much at the pharmacy that we owned. Now I know it's because he couldn't afford to hire a pharmacist. But back then I'm like, I want nothing to do with this field. Now, fast forward 30 years, he's actually helping people. He's like the happiest guy ever to work with. I'm so fortunate to be able to work with him. But it's the reason I went into engineering. You know, Meanwhile, it's the family business. My grandpa was a pharmacist, my aunts and uncles. My brother's even a pharmacist who's six years younger, who saw the new age of my dad when he got into this new type of pharmacy. But long story short, my dad was talking about a product he had developed at the pharmacy that was helping people just in ways that he had never seen before. And it was all natural and could be made to sell over the counter. Now, this was six years ago. We had no idea how hard it would be to get FDA approval and a patent and packaging and all the different things that come with it. But that's what kicked off this entrepreneurial journey for me. I had my fairly successful business in the aerospace world. And my dad tells this story and I go, dad, we can do this. We can make a company. This is it. you know. And we created the Feel Good Lab kind of out of that excitement. So and it's been a long journey. Before we uh, dive more into the story of the Feel Good Lab, because I, I, I would love to dive more into all that Genesis story and, and the first years of the Feel Good Lab, um, I have a, a couple follow-up questions from, from what you just said. So you mentioned this mentor that you have. Um, where did you meet this mentor? Who was this mentor? Yeah, it was my younger brother's uh, best friend's dad's best friend. So I became close. My brother's playing a lot of basketball at the time and I'd go to all the games and sit with this gentleman. And he said, you know, you'd be great in this sales type of role being an interface because you know the customer so well, but you're so outgoing and really enjoy inter interacting with people. And you have the engineering background to understand the technical aspects that are, that are being accomplished. So I'm like, okay, sure. And he introduced me to his great friend. Um, who we worked together for about five years. And this guy 
you know, it was a different, he made his name over the course of the last 30 years. It was a different time back then in the way you kind of do sales and whatnot. But I learned more from him than probably anybody else in my life. And he was amazing and so talented at just making people want to do work with them. That was really the biggest I, skill that I learned. Um, um, I think that speaks a little bit to the importance of, of having a mentor early on that can help you uh, realize about your talents and about your skills. Because I was, I was about to tell you that like, since the first time I met you, I know that you have a very, like, very great skills for uh, communication, for talking with people and just like, uh, just like making connections. You're such a, such a good uh, people person. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see that it was not as apparent for you when you were starting your career. Big time. This guy, literally, if you saw me before I worked with him, I was a fraction of the energy that I am today. And he taught me that. That is crazy. I, I love that story. Um, and the other, the other follow-up question that I have, I, I know um, I met your dad, Jim, uh, in the mass challenge ceremony. Yep. I remember he came for the, for the ceremony. And now he's such an amazing guy. So interesting to just, you can be speaking with him hours and hours about business, about pharmacy. I mean, he's so passionate about what, what he does. Um, totally. So I, I remember very curious to know how was it like, how were those years whenever you were growing up with him? Uh, because I know that, of course, we, we, we know that having a business, it's like a very time consuming endeavor. And, um, my dad was also like, uh, an entrepreneur, maybe he was not like a, a sophisticated entrepreneur. He was never like into one industry. But I remember like growing up, and my dad was always like in any type of business. He was just like like a very like entrepreneur. I, I always say like he was an entrepreneur without uh, having gone to business school, so without being like knowing all the skills and knowing all the all the things that you need to, to like really scale a, a business. But I think I got a lot from him just by watching him solving problems and just like being an entrepreneur when, when I was a kid. So I wanted to ask you, how was, how was it like when you were a kid and, and how, was, how was living with, with your dad being a partner? Well, I didn't appreciate it at all. But now in hindsight, A, it's the reason I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and work for myself because I, I didn't, you don't realize what you have until you see other perspectives. So like growing up, you're blind to it. I despised it because he was never home because what I didn't know at the time was he risked everything to open this pharmacy. And it was right before CVS and Walgreens showed up at every corner. So the margin in the industry went from say 33% to 27%. I'm making up the numbers, but it's something like that. And his business plan went from being able to have a successful thriving business to not be able to afford to even hire a pharmacist. So open 24-7 and run the business and all this. And I didn't know what he had invested and put on the line to make this happen. Meanwhile, I was just born when it all started out. So for me, I'm like, well, this job stinks. I don't want to do this. You know, you have to work all the time. Literally 24-7 was work. The only time I'd see him is I'd go to work with him. And I worked with him all the time. It was kind of cool. Um, but the big lesson that I learned and that I take with me now is like, this idea of infinite responsibility, no matter what happens, you just have to figure it out and you're on the line, your neck's on the line. So there's no like playing victim or blaming other people. 
at the end of the day. And the problems that were being dealt with when I'd go to work, you know, some of them are day-to-day things, but some of them are big time problems. So I got to see that and I got to just see how like, you don't freak out. I'm sure you guys have the same thing. Honestly, our job is to deal with problems. And the bigger we get, the bigger the problems are going to get. So we want to hope for bigger problems because that means we're really kicking butt. But they're like, they don't have to be that scary if finding a great solution to them is like you have that kind of attitude. And that's the thing that I took away from it is just, it's going to get done. It's going to be okay. Things are not that overwhelming. Like, you know, really, what is hard? I think hard was our ancestors. They had like real hard or like going to war. We have the easiest lives of all time. Yeah. In my opinion, oh, and yeah, even, you know, you probably have dealt with real hardship in your life. That's harder than this entrepreneurial stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, it has added a, a, a bit of complexity uh, being an immigrant founder here in the U.S. But I, I totally agree with what you said. I, I think I, I also, I'm also very thankful that I haven't really had to experience like real hardship because I, I've seen a, a lot of other people because I, I also came with, I think with uh, a, a lot of uh, privilege, I would say, because I was college educated, I had a network already open here, fun was already in Babson, so it was hard, but I didn't came to uh, build everything from the ground up and like I spoke English, so I, I think I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, um, some days may feel that, oh my God, this is so hard building a business. It's so freaking hard. But then if you put it in perspective and you see all like the, the comfort that, that, that we can have and all like the, the tools that we have available and uh, it, it is, it, it helps a lot to put the things in, in perspective to see like, yeah, okay, it's hard, but it could be way harder. Totally. Yeah. So, and then, but when I, when I met Jean, I remember he was super, like, super happy. I remember that that was one of the things that I that I took away from that conversation. Like, just he has such a happy vibe, and, and he's just like a happy, a happy dude. What was he always? Was he always like that when whenever you were growing up, or or when did this no. shift happen? Do you think? I think the shift has happened more and more recently but honestly it's been since he sold the pharmacy and got into what he does now which is functional medicine and compounding pharmacy it's totally different before he basically worked for the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors just pushing pills and was seeing people were not getting better and was working all the time so all of that stacked up was not very happy you know it wasn't that fun then he realized i can actually help people and so he became one of the nation's first um, functional medicine practitioners, but also compounding pharmacists. So he had the ability to work with practitioners and doctors to make customized medicine because the fu- functional medicine philosophies were all unique humans. We don't just need these what size fits all pills. In fact, we need less pills is the big model. How do we solve these chronic conditions through lifestyle changes? Because the reality is a lot of them are the root cause of 30 years of eating very unhealthy and being exposed to toxins and sleeping poorly and being stressed out. Those are really the root cause of almost all the disease. And and it's not that simple. And the changes you have to make are hard. But now what he does is works with patients relentlessly to find the root cause of their problems and they they have success. Things that like almost seem impossible, you know, certain people with the right persistence, it takes a long time. But have seen, you know, things like 
osteoporosis, things that are in the clinical, in the normal model seem impossible. I believe our bodies are like capable of almost anything when they're in homeostasis, you know, and we are what we eat. I think it's one of the big pillars. That's why I love your brand and your product so much. Um, because it's so critical. I think we're going to go, it's getting more and more, but I think at some point we're going to learn that food is an energy source for us and makes us feel a certain way and live a certain way and not a drug. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And, and uh, for me, that was one of the most, the, the biggest cultural shocks, I would say, whenever I came here. The difference in the lifestyle and the difference in the diet here in the US. Uh, it's very stark. Like in, in Ecuador, I remember like when I was growing up, if I have stomach aches or if I have, a, a, if I was feeling a bit anxious, like the remedy was like my mom brewing herbal tea of uh, valerian or herbal tea of chamomile. It's like all those natural things that it's like just like starts to change and like reducing the amount of sugar that, that we were eating and just like trying to eat very natural. Very natural, very natural diets, I would say. And I think also people in Ecuador, it's way more chill. Like it's just like people are super relaxed. And less stress. Less stress in Ecuador. So I, I, I do think that the, it's a very different lifestyle here in the, in the U.S. But also I love that here in the U.S. there are so many companies like the Feel Good Lab that are starting to leave this new, new generation of uh, not only in the food business, but also in like uh, uh, medicines and uh, lotions, and uh, because everything matters. Everything that you put in your body uh, really matters and really makes a difference. Totally. So, for the people that uh, doesn't know about the Feel Good Lab, tell us a little bit more. Uh, what do you do, guys, at the Feel Good Lab? Sure. And, and since we've got a little background on my dad, you know, the Feel Good Lab has really taken what he's built in his functional medicine practice and pharmacy and his decades of formulating um, medicine, some prescription, some, some non, and bringing it to market. And that's really how the Feel Good Lab was born. And so he was having success treating chronic pain um, with some amazing topical and transdermal formulations, which are through the skin, which means in chronic pain or any chronic condition, you know, we know that side effects are one of the major issues with the type of medication we're taking because you have to typically take it orally, which exposes your whole body to it. Well, if you could deliver the same medicine through the skin transdermally, you could have the localized impact you need to on the area, but without these side effects. And he was an expert in this. And so we really took uh, what he had developed in his pharmacy and created a brand around it, which is called the Feel Good Lab. And our first product is a natural pain cream. So it's really the base that he was using for some of the pharmaceuticals. And we learned that we were getting better results with the pharmaceutical taken out. You know, the pharmaceutical were things like ketoprofen, which is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, or even ketamine, which when taken orally has pretty crazy psychoactive effects. Well, ketamines can be used locally. Uh, transdermally to help with pain relief. So by removing this, all of a sudden, that was the breakthrough in the story that I heard at dinner that night of, hey, you know, we had a patient call back to the pharmacy. We had made a, a, a prototype of just the base formula, the natural formula. And we had a patient that was spending hundreds of dollars a month on pain medicine for years. They were working with her and nothing had worked. 
And she called back in tears because this was the first thing that ever worked. And so for me, it was this anecdotal story. It means nothing. It doesn't even mean it could be the placebo effect, it could be all these things. But I'm like, if we could impact one person's life like that, we could really build a brand around. And that's why I was willing to kind of throw everything away in the past decade in the aerospace industry and go all in in this and and build the brand and create the brand that, you know, we just talked about the world needs right now that's focused on these other things. It's about being healthy, living well, and using products that don't make us sick. And we don't think that over-the-counter pain relievers should make us sick. And it's one of the biggest issues right now. Opioid epidemic is is huge and we know that. And there's a place for opioids in treating, you know, severe acute pain. But chronic pain and opioid use just don't go together. And it's one of the reasons we have the epidemic. The same can be said about non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. You know, 60% of our customers, and these are people that are already finding our brand, so they're pretty people that want to be healthy, they take oral pain medicines every day, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. And it's not, they're safe to use, but when you take them every single day, the potency goes down because you build up a tolerance. So you need to take more. And when you need to take that much, they do cause some side effects and some more severe than others. It's not in everybody, but one of the number one reasons for ER visits in the United States is GI bleeds. And one of the leading causes for GI bleeds is an overuse of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So it's an epidemic, not just on the opioid side, but in just pain management in general. You know, more and more people are in pain and there's less and less things that are really working, especially on the chronic pain side. And that's what we plan to fix. The first tenet of functional medicine is do no harm. We removed all the junk out of the other OTC topicals. They were packed with synthetic preservatives, carbomer, rubbing alcohol, all these things, especially the topical side, because they were... You know, we're talking ingestibles have some side effects, but a lot of the OTC topicals were formulated decades ago. This was way before the modern trend of natural cosmetics and organic topicals and whatnot. Yeah. So when we saw that, we're like, okay, first and foremost, we're removing all of this stuff. And then we built our formula around these core functional ingredients that we knew served a purpose from what we had in my dad's pharmacy. Some of them are there to help penetrate the skin, like aloe vera and menthol and even water is really helpful. Some of them are there for specific purposes. Um, and we have to be careful about the claims that we make because we are regulated as an OTC drug because we have one and a quarter percent menthol. And menthol is, you know, gives you kind of that minty smell, but one and a quarter percent is about 10% of what most of the products on the market have. So it's actually only a small, small amount of what we're trying to deliver to you. 98.75% of our formula are all ingredients that you can feel good about, right? It's natural preservatives. Yeah, all of those things. You know, that's what you guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I love, I really, I've used the the Feel Good Love a bunch of times whenever I I am having like, I I am starting kind of like an injury or like I'm starting to have like some pain. I, I think that I I really got into the new formulation, the one for for sports recovery. And nice. After just like exercising or going for runs, I think so. As I played a lot of soccer when I was younger, uh, I think my knees are just like a mess right now. So every time I go to like even a twenty minute run, thirty minute run, my knees get like swollen. I just like have a lot of knee pain. And then it's when like I I use the feel good lab and it really helped. It's it, it's very 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 good and I know that I I like it a lot because I know 
that what I am putting is supernatural. And, and I love how, how is the combination of both things. Cool. That's a great testimony. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. it I, I really like it, man. Hey, just a quick pause for a message from Waku, and we will be right back to the interview. We are very excited to let everyone know we've just launched Waku's crowdfunding equity campaign through Republic, a platform that allows anyone to invest in private startups like Waku. Waku is now part of a very exclusive group of highly vetted startups from Republic, and now you can become an investor of Waku starting with investments as small as $100. If you'd like to learn more about why to invest in Waku and why this is such a great investment opportunity, you can go to republic.co forward slash Waku. That's R-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot C-O forward slash W-A-K-U. We will be thrilled to have you join us in our journey to bring to the world the most refreshing herbal tea with gut health benefits and help to create impact in the livelihoods of hundreds of Ecuadorian farmers. Let's get back to the show. All these clients, I'm no longer working with them anymore. And one of them sold and a whole bunch of things happened where it made it really easy. Um, so it was just, yeah, it just the, the stars aligned and I was able to just kind of move on over to the side. Um, we never knew like the first day that we quit our jobs because it was not just me who quit. You know, there was three of us at the time. First day we quit our jobs. We had, we had already gotten the brand up and running on Amazon and, uh, it was 95% of our revenues. We were just getting our website built out. And so we got banned from Amazon because they, they banned like all the nutritional supplements that were making claims. Now we were an OTC drug and legally can make claims around pain, but they don't know that. And so they were banning all these different listings and we couldn't get back on. So we were at lunch cheersing on a Friday, quitting our jobs and we get the alert. And I think it was such a lesson into like, you know, the universe saying, look, what you're in for is not really to go celebrate. It's to work really hard. And there's going to be a lot of things, a lot worse things are going to happen to you. At the time, this was by far the worst thing that ever happened. And it took us weeks to get back on. We learned a big important lesson though, is we can't put all our eggs in one basket. And so we really focused on making sure not just Amazon and our website, but not just e-commerce, looking at other channels and making sure we had a multi-channel approach because having all our eggs in one basket doesn't give us a lot of options. And we learned that we had, we were at zero revenue for three weeks. But I love, I love how much, like for me, a big, a big thing that I try to focus on every day as an entrepreneur is in, of, of course, is taking care of my mindset, but also taking care of like, what's the perspective that I am having on the things that happened to me in the business? Because I, like if you don't have the right perspective at, at in at that point at the beginning, for example, you can very easily say like, "Oh my God, this is a sign of the universe that's telling me like this is not the the right way to go. I should just stop it right now because if like the first day just everything it's ruined, I should just like stop." Uh, but but that shift in perspective, like I think that's crucial to just like keep going as an entrepreneur. And neither of us are right, right? Like we don't actually know. <laughs> so it's it's just, what do you want to make of it? Do you want to make it a sign that the universe is saying get out? Or do you want to make it a sign that the universe is saying this is going to be hard and we're testing you and seeing how bad you really want this? I choose to be the latter. And that's just always how I've been. I think it's a blessing and a curse. 
but honestly, I would have quit a long time ago if I couldn't see the silver lining and the optimism and everything. And that's, I think, one of my superpowers. I take the worst news and I figure out a way to make it good news. <laughs> that's, that's a great superpower. I think any, every time you're trying to do something that's hard, it's either entrepreneurship or uh, be, becoming an artist, uh, trying to do anything that it's difficult in life. Of course, you're going to face a lot of challenges. So I think it's very key to be able to cultivate this right perspective in life. For you, what do you think made you like that? Do you think you were just like, you were born with this superpower of being able to just like shift the perspective or? My mom. Yeah. Totally. Why? Like how I- If if anybody knows her, they just know that that's, um, she's just always happy and optimistic, always. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that for me, uh, I think my dad was for me like, uh, I, I, he was always optimistic about like every business that he was starting. He, he always had the, the, the expectation that it was going to work and like, the problems were just things to be solved. So I think it was, it was very important for me that uh, how I grew up basically with my parents to have this right perspective. Yeah, I would say entrepreneurship has made me more realistic. You know, um, you also don't know what you don't know. So when you're optimistic, I'm thinking grandiose. And then you get there and you realize that's not how the world works. Just like with my first job, thinking I'm going to go design helicopters. Like what? Yeah. No, you're going to make a bolt <laughs> for 20 years. And then maybe, maybe you can be on a team that helps design a helicopter. Yeah, I I remember when we, we talked with Juan, my business partner, a, a lot about how naive we were whenever we started Waku. Uh, and I think we, we always say this is half joke, half not like every time you just like throw yourself to the to the market, a lot of times the market's just gonna punch you in the stomach and and just like make you learn the hard way that not everything is gonna just like be as easy as as you think it's at the beginning so i also think i i still i am still very a very optimistic person uh, but i think as you get more experience of course you you learn to have like your feet in the in the ground so to, so totally to <clears throat> and for me it just like doesn't the bad stuff doesn't hurt as much but i think what i have to be careful of is like it's hard to celebrate so like the wins don't matter as much and the challenges don't hurt as much, but I think it's important to not be stuck in that kind of stoic, like, you know, I think it's important to celebrate the wins and it's important to take the losses and really feel them. So you don't make the mis- make mistakes again. Yeah. That's, that's powerful, man. I, I think, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and for me, uh, I think in the, toughest times that we've had on Waku, I think one of the biggest things that, that have, have helped me to like keep going has been celebrating these, celebrating every win. I, I think when, when like things are super bad and like the business was, was going under, it was very tough to, to have a big win. So of course it's like a lot of times it's just like super easy to, uh, you just close a big deal with CBS or with Market Basket or with a big chain and 
it's very easy to celebrate those big wins because they are super apparent. Uh, but in these tough times, uh, when you don't have like a like a very apparent huge win, it's it, it can get very high because it's just like you're just looking at the problem and you're just looking at the every day that the bank account is depleting and uh, it's very easy to get lost in that. Just like things are getting too hard. So I think uh, one thing that I was doing when things were getting hard for Waku was okay, what what are the daily small victories that we're having as a company? And for us, it was just like having one customer texting us saying like, oh my God, your product changed uh, changed my life. Like I'm just drinking Waku every day and it helped me so much for my digestion. Uh, and just like putting that and showing that to the team and, and just like uh, putting those small victories and really celebrating them. Like, oh, we're... We are in the in the right path, guys. We just have to keep going. Or even small things like, oh my God, we uh, we figured out how to ship the the bottles without them breaking. And it's just like a very small win that <laughs> nobody nobody cares about, but you. Uh, but it just like it, it became very important for us to just celebrate those those small wins. Yeah, I think the team and the culture is probably the most important thing to building a company and I have not figured it out yet. I just have figured out that it's the most important thing. Um, and so I look at you guys and, you know, I'm, I, I, I look forward to learning more because I see from the outside and it feels like the type of team and culture that I want and aspire to build at the feel good lab. So kudos, hopefully it's as good behind the curtain as it looks from the outside. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the, the kind words. I think, uh, this is uh, actually a good a good segue to the next question that I had for you, and um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think has been one of the biggest challenges you faced so far? It can be uh, yourself personally or in your journey uh, by building the the feel good lab. Uh, yeah, I I think that every time I look back over the past each year and I want to answer this, it honestly, a new answer emerges. And I think there's two reasons for that. One, your perspective shifts. So the other things that used to matter just don't matter anymore. There were things that impacted me so bad, devastated, right? Like couldn't sleep, couldn't eat that I look back on now and I'm like, I can't believe I reacted that way. So you mentioned it earlier with perspective. I think that's the most important thing I've learned is that we lack the perspective to really judge these things that happen in the immediate, especially with all the emotion that's going on. But, and at the same time, also the perspective of this isn't that hard. Even, you know, we've been sued. We've been, I've had, you know, partner issues and all these sort of things that really have made me stress and lose sleep, but they're not that important actually in the big scheme of things at all. And I try to have that perspective because honestly, where we want to go, there's just going to be way bigger problems than what we've ever experienced to date. So we're not scared of them. We look forward to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Luckily, knocking on wood, we haven't been sued <laughs> so far, but that, all those challenges, all, all those things that you mentioned, uh, if you don't manage them correctly, they can be potentially just like, they can just kill your your company. One one of those things that, of course, once you know how to deal with those problems, they seem they can seem small. But 
Uh, totally. They, 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 at the moment, I can, I can tell them that those things just seem super hard to overcome. And when you're facing these type of challenges, what, have, what do you do? Like, what do you have any, any routines that you do? Like, what helps you? What helps you stay uh, focused in the important things, or, or what do you think helps you stay? calm and grounded whenever you face those challenges? The two things, usually I get really quiet and stay to myself for a day or two and really think about, I just think nonstop, but I have the opposite is really true because I have a couple of people close to me, my wife and my dad, but also other friends that are really close that I call and tell and they, you know, I can trust them. I tell them the whole details and it's just like just having people on your side in your corner regardless of anything else, people that you know, you could say the worst thing ever to, and they're in your corner. So I just call them and then I kind of curl up in a ball for as little bit of time as I can to internalize it and figure out what we're going to do and then move on past it. You know, it's just, and now it gets shorter and shorter. Like the first couple of times it took me a day to get over things. Now I can try to get over it in a few hours, you know? Love it. Yeah. No, that's, I think that's the importance of having the right community and just surrounding yourself with the right with the right people. So important. Such totally. big, such a big in, in fact, when some of the biggest challenges in the past year happened to me, you and Juan were huge uh, helps. I'm really glad. Really glad so. to you, man. Thank you so much for, for that, man. Yeah, it's it's super important. I, I agree with that. For me. Uh, I think my just e even having a friend that probably friends that are not even business partners that don't uh, understand a hundred percent what you're going through, but just having someone that you can just talk it through and just like get it out of your get it out of your system, mm -hmm. it's so important for me too. And I think important part about that is it's not complaining because I think one of the skills like the, I think of the best entrepreneurs I know and I've never heard them complain about anything. And I probably complain more than they do for sure. But I think it's important to try to never complain because again, it comes to the responsibility thing. You know, even when things are going awful at the end of the day, if, if you're going to be the founder of a business or co-founder, you need to take the final responsibility and no matter who messes up, you messed up yeah. you know, all the time. Um, and you know, you made, you made me remember of, um, because I, I used to live with fans. We were roommates uh, one year ago. And we loved our, our apartment. It was amazing. Like we were always having amazing people over. Like the vibe of the house was, was like very nice. We, we really loved our apartment. And I remember when, so when, when the pandemic hit and the business started to suffer a lot, there were a couple months when, where the things got super tough. Like we, we really thought that we were going to have to close the business. And I remember that during, it was probably a period of like a month or so that at first we didn't realize this, but uh, we were complaining with, with Juan a lot. And we, we were just like, um, just complaining about everything. You know, it was just like, oh my God, like these investors of us that don't, that, that lo lost the trust in, in us. And like, uh, we were super close to close a big deal with, with the star market. And we were like complaining that that didn't happen. And 
complaining about like we have we were stuck with so much product. Um, but we realized that it got because I remember that one day uh, I, I think the things that started to accumulate and I think the, the energy that we started to build between me and Juan and then, and of course the company uh, was just like kind of like this negative view on things and I think that the things started to accumulate, accumulate, accumulate and I remember that one day uh, we just like got into a fight with Juan. Uh, I don't I don't remember exactly what was it about. But it was nothing huge. It was just like 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 a small thing, uh, and and we just like kind of like exploded both of us. And then after that, we we just took like a like a second and, and like of course it took like like a day or so to just like think about the things and and we were like, what's happening? Like what's what's going on? Why why did this explode? Like it's because we normally like of course we have discussions and and not, not every time we agree on the things, but. It never gets into like a call, like fights, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. but that time it happened and, and we were like, okay, like, let's, let's take a step back. Let's uh, reflect because what I, I think for us, it's always been like our partnership is very important. So we, we make like conscious effort of taking care of the partnership and uh, taking care of the relationship itself. Because it, we, sometimes we see it as like, it's bigger than the business, you know, because what will, the products of Wahoo today, maybe uh, anything can happen, you know. But if the if the partnership is stronger, you know that uh, you can keep continuing as, as, a, as a business partnership for the next fifty years, and then it just can become stronger as you go. So remember, we took this time off, and we said, like, okay, what what's happening? And we realized that we were allowing these kind of like negative talk to be part of our daily lives uh, and we didn't realize it. And it was just like uh, all those everyday conversations of just like complaining and complaining and complaining. It just, it kind of like shifted our perspective maybe. Just like it was in, in the back of our head. So we, I remember at that point we came into an agreement that we were saying, okay, we're not gonna complain anymore. Like next time we see a problem happening in the company or whatever, even if we, you don't believe it, we're just gonna say, okay, this is an opportunity for something, or just like laugh about it, or just like kind of like shifting how we were talking about those problems. And I think that helped change a little bit the perspective that we started to have. And we, at the beginning, we really didn't believe it. And like, of course, a lot of uh, advisors were telling, like, uh, were telling us things like crises are always the best teachers you're gonna be you're gonna see that it's gonna create the best opportunities for you and at that point we were like we were not believing that we were like yeah maybe for other companies not for where we're, we're just not gonna make it but whenever we make this this shift uh, little by little we started to really believe it ourselves and, and like really started to believe like okay this can really be an opportunity to just shift the business model of the company uh, and at the end it really did and, and it helped us at the end but of course at that moment was was so hard it was just like and it was starting to get super hard so i i, I really like that i believe that you have to go through the experience not be told by someone people can tell you all the time that you need to show up like that you need to go through and see the repercussions of doing it you'll never do it again 
And that's why I think we're so blessed to be on this entrepreneurial journey because it's really about just jumping off the bridge into life and figuring out what happens and taking these risks. And that to me is the whole experience. Like whether we get, you know, I read this really cool quote. It, 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 I thought about it for days because it really messed with me. It said, success and failure lead to the same thing, dissatisfaction. The only difference is the route you take to get there. And it made me think like, oh my God, you're totally right. Whether you win or lose, you end up being dissatisfied with your end result anyways. When you fail to get and then overcome it and get there, you learn a lesson. When you succeed, you think you know why you succeeded. Many times you don't actually know the real reason. Lightning struck and there was this crazy reason and you sit back and think you can write a book on it. You know, Everyone has their own unique journey. And so it made me think, wow, maybe the failures are more blessings than the successes in our unique experiences. There's just a different way to frame it. I'm not saying it's true, but it made me think like, okay, cool. If I was going to write this path of perseverance, it would include these big failures that we overcome and we fix. We never make the mistakes again because we learn the root cause of that failure. We make the mistakes ourselves. We're like, I can never do that again. That's what entrepreneurship's about. Yeah. I I, I also think that that's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship. And and I think it can apply for not only entrepreneurs, but anyone that's there trying to find a better job or uh, find a better, like getting a better relationship or getting a relationship or like anything, anything out there. It's like, I think it's, it talks a bit to the importance of just like showing up. And I, and I think I, I really like entrepreneurship because it kind of, kind of forces you to just show up every day. Even if you don't know all the answers, even if you know that you are undercapitalized, underhanded, um, it, it kind of like, I, I see that as a, as a game almost. And then for me, entrepreneurship is this game of like showing up every day to, mm-hmm. to try your best. So I think it's, it's important in everybody's life to find this thing that forces you to show up, forces you just like put yourself out there because that's when where, where you are gonna grow the most i think yeah. totally either sports I, I remember that for me soccer was that when i was when i was younger uh, but it was just like these things like i i can see like one one year ago i was such a different person than what i am right now like i felt that grown so much as, as a person personally as as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, uh, the partnership grew, and it was because we were showing up. Like I, I know that uh, if you are, I don't know, if you are very comfortable in your uh, a nine to five job, uh, and you're not, you're not pushing yourself. Maybe you are still the same person that you were one year ago. So because you're mm-hmm. not exposing yourself enough to new challenges and new things, and to this journey that you were talking about, that like. Yeah. And you're showing up the right way because I mean, same with us. You, this podcast is called sunrise on the inside. If you don't show up like that in everything you do, can you actually have a podcast named that? No, I know that you show up like that. That's why I have no doubt about it. And I think you guys are going to do great with this. My company is called the feel good lab. And I have a coach I work with. He goes, you know, we're talking about some things. I'm not always super optimistic. I sometimes have, you know, and he goes, Ryan, if you can't show up, feeling good, then who are you to be the CEO and founder of the Feel Good Lab? You're a phony then. You have to bring that right energy. 
And that, and that's the thing that like, it takes you kind of going into some of those darker places to realize, no, it's, it is optimistic. We can all feel good. We can beat this. We can be persistent. It's just about opportunity meets preparation. That's luck. We got to stay persistent. You know, we're right there. I feel like you and I both and Juan, we're going to be seven year overnight successes because we're going into year seven right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. And then, uh, yeah, it's super important to, yeah, like making it in a way that's authentic to you. I think that's, that's important of what you just said right now. Uh, for us, uh, this idea of sunrise on the inside is it, that, you know, it's like that sense of optimism that, that every day you just, you're going to show up whatever happens in that day. But every day you can start with a new optimism, with, with a new, with that sense you get in the, in the sunrise, basically. Um, and for us right now, the podcast, um, uh, I, I think we, I, I am learning a bit more about like uh, be, being a brand more than just like putting, uh, just like trying to sell products. I think uh, one very important thing that I've been learning in the past months is, uh, is that like, we as founders are are the brand. Uh, this podcast is part of the brand. The uh, products that we sell, the bottles uh, carry the brand. Uh, I think I, I used to see it as a more like, okay, just like this is my product. These are the benefits of my product. Uh, you should buy it. Uh, but now I think I, I really like to see our journey as as entrepreneurs as like it. It's kind of like just a tool to be able to help more people to have better lives, basically. And, and of course, what makes these, uh, uh, helps you in the, in the gut field and just like will make you feel calm and revived and, 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 and all these things. But also I think like these conversations that we're having, I, I know that uh, probably someone out there, uh, it's just like needing to listen in what, like our conversation that we're having and maybe one piece of advice or one piece of like the experiences that we've had can help them in their journey and can help them uh, feel calm and then just like stay optimistic when, whenever they are facing something hard. So uh, I, I really like that, that you touch upon that, like, okay, we have kind of like that responsibility as, as, as business founders to carry that, that idea as well in, in our personal lives and just like, make that effort of okay showing up in an authentic way uh, and kind of like embodying that that brand and that idea I, I think especially because we have wellness companies yeah so it's even more so important for us and i think that we can impact people maybe even more through this kind of stuff than we can with the best products in the world that's what i believe yeah i i i totally agree i totally agree I, I'm really enjoying this, this uh, journey of starting this, this podcast. Uh, it's something that still feels a bit new for me. So I, I know that the podcast will keep, will keep uh, becoming better as we go. But I think it, for me, it's going to be just like super important to always have a very thoughtful leader that as you, uh, and just try to have this because I, I know that we will, we will be having the same conversation if we were just like drinking some beers right now. And, and just like eating something. Uh, I think that's like the, the, the core idea of this podcast. I want it to be just like this conversation with other friends and 
learning from their experiences because I know that I am learning a lot today and, and, and I hope a lot of people is, is learning too. I know that they are gonna they're gonna take a lot of a lot of our conversation today. So thank you so much Ryan for, for being here today. Um, I wanted to ask you is there any any new project or any uh, exciting thing that's happening right now with, with the Feel Good Lab that you would like to share with the audience today? Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm going to answer that question the opposite way because I suffer from shiny object syndrome. What that means is I always get so excited about new ideas and new things. And in fact, I have the perfect answer to this because we are working on something that's got me excited. But honestly, what I'm going to answer with is focusing on the core things that we already have. Really what I've noticed is when I look at the business plan of what we need to get to where we want to go, it's not about the new ideas. We have two amazing products. We have people that need them that we're not reaching right now. And so we need to stop focusing on the next big idea. I had a few things happen over the past few months where some things fell through and it made me realize we were hoping on these other things that were going to come in and make all the difference when we have the difference maker right in front of us, right in front of us. We have products that are game changing in the over the counter pain space. And so as we look to get into more preventative wellness, um, things that people can take in the, on the supplement side and the nutrition side to really live a holistic, well lifestyle, we ex we're so fired up to expand our brand and make the Feel Good Lab more than just what we are in OTC pain. But we have to win here first. And so that's going to be my answer. Like we're really focused and the whole team is super focused and dedicated to winning with what we have. And then the rest will follow. We have these amazing visions of locations that are combined my father's pharmacy and practice with other, you know, think of a, a gym and recovery studio and a chiropractic office and a, and a physical therapist, a real feel good lab where you can come and live this lifestyle. You know, the funny thing is I actually did apply for trademarks yesterday for all of these things, for nutrition, for supplements, for foods, for clothes, for locations. So the answer is I'm always thinking about this and like what comes next. But we got to stay focused on what we have. We have some amazing products in hand right now. In fact, we're just getting a big production shipment this week. So it's either in today or on Monday. So it's time to sell and really get product, the, you know, patients, the product that we have currently. Exciting times, Ryan. Exciting times, my friend. Um, where can people uh, learn more about the Feel Good Lab? Um, where can they connect with you if they, if they would like to reach yeah, you can, um, me personally, if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, I'd uh, be happy to chat. My email's ryan at thefeelgoodlab.com. And you can check us out online. Our website, um, we're on Amazon. We're sold kind of across the internet at different places. If you have a FSA, HSA card, you can get us on fsastore.com. Uh, and the Feel Good Lab is on different social channels. So give us a give us a look. I hope you, um, if you are in chronic pain and have any questions, please reach out to us and me or, or my father or brother, one of the pharmacists, the real experts uh, can get back to you. And so I, this was a lot of fun, Nico. I appreciate you, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, it was really a pleasure to have you here. Talk to you soon, brother. See you, bud. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. This is Nico again. And just a few more things before you take off. If you'd like to be part of the Waku tribe to be the first one to know about the launch of exclusive flavors, special promotions, and content about health and wellness, just go to livewaku.com, that's L-I-V-E-W-A-K-U.com, and sign up for our email list. 
And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy being part of our community.